Топспорт пагрендинис Кауно Жальгерю Ремеяс. Топспорт казино Корту Лошимай. Стало Лошимай. Каулюку Лошимай. Лошимай Автоматай. Лажибос. Несайкингас Лошимас Галису Кельти Приклосомибе. Įsivaizduokit, ate apie tų metus jūs pasidarėt kavos, turit laisvą minutėlę ir norėtume pasižiūrėti buvo priekščių rungtynių statistiką ir pasiklausyti žalgiriečių komentarų. Bet turime problemėlę ir jums nieko neišeina padaryti, nes tinklo administratorius blokuoja jūsų prieigą. Su mūsų draugų NordVPN programėle tokių problemų niekada neturėsite. Prisijungite ir naršykite internete nevaržumai. Tad paskubėkit įsigyti NordVPN, nes dabar dviejų metų planui net 70 procentų nuolda ir dar pakalbėjau. Pildomi keturi mėnesiai su kodu ZALGRIS. Tai kveskit didžiausią praeitėją. Pradedam dar vieną mūsų pick and pot tinklaldės dalį ir šį kartą, kaip ir kalbėjome pačioje tinklaldės pradžioje, Nusprendėme, kad mūsų naujasis tinklaudės produktas turės ir vieną dalį, kurioje mes su Tautiu Dusabonė, Kauno Žalgirio treneriu, štabo atstovų kalbinsime žaidėjus ir šiandien pradėsime nuo Elmondo Samnerio. So, I'm switching now to English for a better understanding. So, Elmond, how do you feel? How do you rate this whole setup? We have a completely new podcast setup and a new podcast called Pick and Pot. You're the first guest of it. Setup's cool. I'm seeing how this whole podcast is going to go to see the vibe, so... See how T talks. Let's see how this. Hey, it's the first one, so it's our pilot. So we're <laughs> a little. It's gonna be a little rusty, Let's but see, hey. Man. I'm saying I'm excited to be here. Get a little com good conversation going. Yeah. All right. Dude is gonna expand on that, but I just wanna start a story. You two played a pickup game before. Is that true? Somewhere in Indiana. We're not a hundred percent sure. I'm ninety-nine percent sure. <laughs> when I was visiting Domas in Indiana, I think he was coming off some injuries. Yeah. I mean, one, the way you described it had to be me, but we played so much, but it 100% had to be me. Like, I was back in the facility the whole summer. I was the only one coming off injury, so I had to start playing pickup just to, you know, get my legs and stuff back under me. So 100% was me. He said I dined him up a few times. You got a few buckets. So, nah, you know. I got, the thing is that I'm not a scorer or anything, but I was getting him some <laughs> good assists, and he's like, I don't remember. I was like, what? Come on, man. I was doing the Domas DHOs. <laughs> Ah, that's the family's thing right there. That's it. So actually, you had two Domas's or two Sabonis on the court. One a taller version, and you had no. Domas wasn't working out. Domas wasn't working out. So all right. No, no, it was pick up like, like I would have been probably playing if Domas was playing. Probably would. Exactly. That would probably better talent there. But but yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Have you had a chance to play each other here, like a scrimmage type, of one on one? No, he's just been you know on the sideline mostly, you know. I don't know if he want to get back on the court. I think if you shoot, y'all be doing little shooting games or something. Yeah, I'm, so I, I yeah, don't, I'm not gonna comment on the shooting <laughs> because I'm not doing too well. But I just know that Ed does not like the trash talking too much. Actually, nah, I love it because every time he trash talk, that I get I get better. Yeah, that's, so. that's the problem. Only when I talk is when he starts to play better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's something we, there. We're gonna expand on that. T tell. Tell us about the trash talk from Tudis' side. Is he a great A-lister trash talker or not? We need to know where he's at. I'm gonna give him a B-lister, but he has great timing. Yeah. Like he knows when to say it <laughs> that it like kind of catch you, and it's it's not like super loud. It's like it's enough so you can hear it, and it's real <laughs> smart. 
So it was like like the one day of practice where I'm, yeah. I'm walking out. Only I heard it. So that's why I got turned <laughs> up because really only I heard him like, yeah, he about to get a stop now. Like, so <laughs> this is, his timing is impeccable for sure. He waits to great moments and he know when to get under your skin. Yeah. Do, do you, would you say that you sit on Edmund Steele uh, much more than on any other player's tails? Yeah, it's between him and Keenan. It's between me and Keenan mostly. I'm always trying to motivate a little bit uh, Kay to get some good stops, but normally Keenan and him are the ones that that react to it, at least show me some kind of like, okay, and then if they score, which he has, <laughs> then I hear it, then I hear it. But then I'm a, I'm a little nervous because I don't want coach to get all like, I want the concentration level here and that, but then it's like, I want him to get into it, so it's, you know, it's all. Brady's good too. Brady just keeps the same straight face, so. <laughs> Do you feel like is th this is the case that the, you and Keenan are the ones that being followed the most by this guy? Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's probably culture-wise too, like, we're, like, we're used to in the States to, you know, talk a little smack to each other in yeah. practice. Like here, guys don't really like Very talk serious. a little smack, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like locked in. Uh, where like, I mean, I feel like you can talk a little smack and be serious, but like you said, yeah. guys are lasering in because one, like you said, you don't want coach to feel like, oh, you guys ain't locked in, you make a mistake or something. But like, it's like, I, I enjoy it. Um, like you said, I like when they talk a little smack. Yeah. A little salt, you know, just throw a little salt, just to see. So big, so A little bit, a little bit. Uh, can you tell about like the main differences in practicing in Europe and in NBA? Now you can make some comparisons. You're an experienced NBA player. Now we have uh, more than two months experience here playing in Europe. Mm -hmm. Can you say practice-wise, what is the biggest difference here? <laughs> and you, we practice. Right? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> we, we practice. We, like, over there, you don't practice. Like I'm like, we practice like a walkthrough. Our walkthroughs here. Yeah are way more intense than practice over there and that's not exaggerated and nothing like yeah. you come in you go either gonna walk through some clips that uh like we watch film but then we probably walk through some clips that maybe they want to correct yeah and if we obviously probably had a game next day so they're gonna walk through a couple more things walk through a couple plays all right bring it in and then it's like a get what you need that's mostly every day for you and obviously that's going to depend on how many minutes you got how many minutes you don't have so if you're not in rotation Obviously, they will have guys they call like stay ready. Like you're a play, so them guys like you. We're getting some five on five, four on four. Like you're playing, but like here, everybody's practicing. Uh, obviously, they do some stuff like we might sub, like say Keenan play heavy man. They give him a little rest, but like everyone practices here, and you gotta be locked in, you gotta be focused. But yeah, the biggest thing is like it's funny to say, but like we literally practice here, and you don't practice over there. Uh, That's, that's just the biggest key, so. So uh, knowing that, what you said, uh, you have more of a coach's input here, yeah? You have more like a one-on-one -on -one talks during the practices and after the practices, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, coach, like I said, I feel like this is more like college style in the sense where coaches are weight, they into everything, is um, a certain way they want you to play, but it's still the freedom of your professional. But like I said, it's just way more intense uh, versus the style I've been over there. It's, it's, It's a lot more laid back. It's times where obviously your coach is going to get on you. Yeah. We're playing around. We're not doing something right, making mistakes. Everybody has those moments where they're, you know, getting on you and stuff like that. But here, like I said, every detail matters. Um, and, again, like they're going to get on you here. That's probably, like, the biggest difference. Uh, today, uh, as the one who completely knows what the NBA's kitchen is, what the Europe kitchen is of basketball, do you have the task in Jalgiris uh, coaching staff to talk with the American players, maybe to help them adjust if they're coming from straight from states uh, to mean, European basketball? I, I get with the question, but like I think it's more of a natural thing. I think again, I'm I'm a little younger than the other coaches, uh, uh, being what you said, uh, being in America for a little bit. Uh, obviously, my speaking I think is better. I get there. 
the same vibe a little yeah. so that kind of helped but i'm you can uh, share the spotify playlist if uh, you want again that'll help because my spotify <laughs> my spotify list is terrible but <laughs> but no i feel like you know even having domas as someone that we know mutually it helped a little maybe i want to believe so and then just helping him out talking and then how do you say that um how's the, the word would be like we can relate in a more thing mm -hmm. so yeah it's easier and then you know obviously with keenan k brady all the americans yeah. for me it just comes more natural than maybe the other coaches which for them maybe with the lithuanians easier but i mean ed ed's been pretty solid so far hopefully still keeps putting those next uh extra steps that he that he needs for us to stay a little healthy but he's good we cannot run away from the sabonis name you played with domon the sabonis uh do you see some similarities between them two, characteristic-wise? Like, uh, what what they look like as a person? I mean, they look alike, for yeah. sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife they knows they like. like, oh yeah, they look exactly <laughs> like. Um, uh, Character-wise, yeah, uh, they're a little different. They got a little different personality. You know what I'm saying? It's different when you're playing on the court with somebody and he's your coach. So, like, he's more of a, a bad guy, in a sense, because he's yeah. a coach, yeah. but, like, that's why I, say I feel like it's easy for him to relate because he, I feel like he understands certain things and maybe where I'm coming from, but also it's trying to help me understand like this is the way though. And I feel like it says it's easier because I can understand him probably the best out of anyone knows. Um, and like I said, it's like a comfortable, like I feel comfortable around him as well. Like maybe me knowing Domas uh, being his teammate for a while, obviously Domas was a good dude. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he was raised right too. So <laughs> that comes from me knowing like, okay, Regardless, he's gonna have my best interest. Yeah, uh, that kind of helps me. Even with things I may not agree with, like, I can like okay, listen and try to understand. Even you know, swallow your pride with things. So I feel like that's been like the biggest adjustment. But like, he's been helping me a lot. And I was like, that's not always you just being positive. Like, telling me when I'm wrong, uh, and just trying to accept that and kind of understand that. And I just been loving the consistency with that. And for me, when people when people are trying to help you and obviously trying to correct you often, yeah. I mean they care. Uh, well, my good coach told me when somebody not talking to you a lot, not doing nothing, and obviously you're not playing perfect, that's going to say a lot. So, like I said, he's been great helping me, just yeah. trying to judge things like that. Uh, like I said, I like Doma as a teammate. I like him as a person. Yeah. Uh, he always, even when I wasn't on his team, like, he responds stuff and check up on me and say little stuff like that. So, I mean, Doma has always been a great person to me. Uh, do you have your favorite you and uh, Domas's moment on the court or maybe off the court that firstly comes to your head when you remember? So, I don't know. This pick and roll with Domas because he has gotcha. probably the best hands I've ever seen from a big fella. It doesn't matter where you pass the ball, he's going to catch it. And, like, I think this is why he's so good. He understands, like, the pocket. So, like, he's always in the right spot no matter what. Like, he's always in the right spot and he's always thinking a couple plays ahead. Uh, so you play with someone that good, it makes the game easier. So those times where I, I had one of my best years in Indy, was I'm playing off the ball, I'm able to cut because he can pass so well. So in a sense, you're just reading the game, and he's he's taking a lot of the heavy low. He's an all-star and stuff like that. So, I mean, playing with Domas was great. You were with Domas all three, four years? No. Yeah, because yeah. when I had got hurt, that I think that's the year he got traded yeah. when I got hurt. So, yeah. Yeah, I was with Domas Primo. I got the, the year he got traded to Indy. That was my first year that as was well. Your first yeah. year, exactly. So I didn't know Domas much between it. So that year it was like a, oh snap, this guy's really good. Like that's what I was gonna say. So you saw his development from yes, like Oklahoma. Man. He didn't have a great season. Obviously, rookie playing behind Russ and everything. And then you know you you see him in Indiana. Obviously, my family we know that he mm -hmm. can play. Well, when we see that first year, then the second year, you know, then the third year he finally gets in the starting lineup. He's an all-star, all that. So you saw him no, grow to like, what he is. It was literally like every step. But it was like, 
he was playing like 15, 20 minutes, but it was like five or six, six or seven. So you like you've seen all these, but like obviously he's playing behind the bigs and he's coming off the bench at a certain point. There's only so much he can do. Yeah. He's pretty much playing perfect in 20 minutes. I've never seen like and consistently he was playing perfect. Like you say, you've seen the minutes go up, and every time the minutes, like the volume, yeah. the efficiency, like he was just expanding. And like you said, that one year he was dominating. Like I feel like it wasn't anything he couldn't do on the floor. No one can stop him. Like he got fouled all the time because he was physically dominant. Yeah. Uh, Don't like said he was great all around. That's why I mean, it's like him now being sacked with De'Aaron Fox, different style of point guard. They've been thriving. Yeah. I got one question. Just yeah, right. I'm gonna throw you a little bit on the on, on the spot right now. <laughs> you think uh, the Miles Domas would have worked with a different maybe backcourt or something, or was it never gonna work? Because I have my opinion with my father because mm -hmm. we watched all the years. Everybody has their opinion. There's always the Miles Domas. Uh -huh. the, hey, that's you know, a good one. That's a good and, one. And I'm curious because you you were in that kitchen. You saw yeah. it every day. Would it work or would it not work? I felt like they had to be separated off the court. I'm like the production for both of them was just so much better when. One was, on. one was off and one was on. Because um, it was like sometimes little spaces. Like, Miles can shoot, but, like, it was just, like, weird spacing sometimes. And, again, maybe if you got to – if Tyrese is their point guard at that time. It would have been – that's what I'm trying I to say. I don't know. Like, I mean, like, that guy is a lead point guard. So, you got a lead point guard. He's going to figure out how to utilize that. And at times it was working because you got Miles as being a shot blocker. Yeah. And at the same time, now you got Domas being a brute on the offensive end, so they was able to help each other too. Uh, but like from the team we have, what I was seeing, like it literally seemed like they had to be one on and one off. Uh, when they were playing together, it just wasn't really as fluent. Yeah. Uh, it would work sometimes, but it wasn't consistently working all the time. Uh, and me personally, I just was like, man, they, Domas played so much better without Miles on the floor, and Miles was just playing better without him. So again, I. You know the business decision at that point, yeah, picking yeah. the choosing, and but hey, he said he has an opinion on that. Can you say that? I think it would have worked. I like what he said. I think with like Halliburton, it, 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 it would have been a complete, be, yeah. complete uh, different style. Um, I have my opinion about Brogdon. I didn't think he was the right point guard for them for decision making, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, also, sometimes uh, I might be completely off, but I feel like there was a pride thing between him and Miles, as much as they both say publicly no, and mm -hmm. uh, I know they're good friends, they're mm -hmm. good teammates, but there is something when you read or you listen to Miles' uh, uh, press conferences and he's like, I want to be a top dog, mm -hmm. I wanna, I'm, a, I'm a top center. You know, playing with Domas, it's tough because Domas rolls, he wants to roll to get some easy buckets, mm -hmm. they want him to shoot more. so. I like what our coach says. Andrea is like, you got to be great. You got to be the best you can in your role. I don't know if both of them were 100% bought into doing the role they had to for the team's success. Mm -hmm. With the NBA growing and all-stars and accolades and money, obviously, you got to do your stats to get your money. Mm -hmm. I think that. I think if it was a different scenario and they both bought in 100%, mm -hmm. more likely Miles a little more because he was more put away from his – Mm -hmm. situation I think could have worked especially if it was a different point yeah no nothing against Brogdon but I think it was just not the right right fit my opinion yeah. no that's definitely because that's ego is the whole thing within the NBA like you said they both are great dudes and yeah understand, but at the end of the day it's a business too and like you say they're both young in their career no yeah. one like like you said Domas been growing every year he still was young so neither one was like okay I'm already established I'm on my third year contract exactly. I can accept this exactly. like no like this is my payday so at the end of the day like 
you got to respect. And I feel like Miles, like you said, he was handling well, too. Like, he was still being professional, showing the day. Mm-hmm. But, like, you, like you said, you can hear everything sometimes. Like, he wanted a bigger role. Uh, and it was – what you said right now, if Domas was on his deal now and Miles had his yeah. deal now, they're both 27, 28 now, maybe the whole different yeah. scenario could have worked. But For hey. sure. Like, you don't need great deals right now. You know, yeah. money said, now you got you got your generational wealth. So, them guys, like you said, you're a little more relaxed. Exactly. Um, like you said, you didn't. Yeah. And you can fall into the to the role a little easier. Mm-hmm. And, and you care about, uh, you just be like, okay, I literally need to just care about winning because that's pretty much it's going to take me to another level to add to my career is just winning. Exactly. Like, you Very are who you are right now. You've been an all-star. You're on your max deals. You're getting extended. Like, you're, you're locked. Your career is set pretty much. So now it's like, I want to be a winner. And that's what you see a lot of guys, they say, like, their second and third contract, they, they value winning much more than just, yeah. oh, I want more money in a sense. Uh, Edmund, is the pressure here in Europe different than uh, what you just said about the NBA's kitchen? Like, uh, is it different what you feel when you're playing in Europe about the minutes, about the role that you play, about the connection with the head coach and so on? Because it's a new experience for you playing in Europe in the EuroLeague. How, how do you uh, see that aspect of the game? Uh, I'm still learning that. Um, coming from the States, you, you still sense all that. Yeah. That pressure of wanting more minutes, uh, feeling like you need to just do more, more, more. Um, but the thing over here that's consistently value is team basketball. And um, and if you look at stats around just the Euro League, like he has some guys that's averaging like high 18, 20, but it's not a lot. So like looking back at that, again, that's why I keep re- referencing college because I played on the team. We had three, four players in double figures. And scoring 15 to 20 in college, that's a lot of points because there's less possessions. You play yeah. a team ball, everyone's touching it. So like it's a little bit less of pressure of feeling like, oh, I have to go score 30 or do this and that. I got to get my minutes. Um, but like I said, I'm just like adjusting back to that ball. Um, you know, you come over here with a certain expectation, uh, and that's that's just being realistic with myself. Uh, like, okay, I came over here, I got this. But then you get over here and you see what it's about and what the team actually sees your role. And, and you have to see I have to grow in certain areas. That's a humbling experience within itself. Um, you come with this, you basically feel like, I feel like I'm starting over because this style of basketball is just so much different. Uh, smaller court, uh, different philosophies. Um, but then again, I feel like step by step, like I'm grasping certain ideas. Uh, I'm still waiting for my feel good game. Yeah. Like overall, and that's not just like points or anything like that. It's just like overall game for me, having a great defensive game yeah. to a, a good offensive game, like a collective five, game. Five, six rebounds, for example, can yeah. help. Five, six yeah. rebounds <laughs> can help. <laughs> Everything. Sometimes five, six rebounds can do a big difference so, for this team. Just like little stuff like that. But um, for me, I've been, I like the challenges, though. Like, again, I, sometimes it's definitely frustrating with certain things. But for me, what my dad is still with me is just not running from the challenge. Uh, just because it ain't easy, things ain't always going perfect for me. They ain't going yeah. – this amazingly way that I, I expect it to go. Uh, I don't I don't like running from things. So I mean, that's me figuring it out step by step, and it's kind of sticking with it. Uh, Say, so, I mean, it's a challenge. I came over here for a reason. I didn't want to. I had the option just to stay. I could have waited. I could have played in G League, but like I wanted to come play another high level ball. I wanted to be challenged. I wanted something to push me. Yeah. Uh, and now this is a way like I'm going to be able to expand my game. I want to look back at the end of this year and say I got better throughout this whole year. Like, my game has gotten better this year by playing over here. 
I like what you said because <clears throat> a lot of guys that come here, and in general guys that come to this club or overall in Europe, have this expectation, what you said, like, okay, I, I was in the NBA, uh, role player, good player, no matter what, I'm going to come here, I'm going to score 20-25. You know, that's, that's it. That, that's a tendency that they have. But I like how you said it. You look at guys like Mike James, you know, you look at guys like uh, who else here, uh, even Keenan, for example. Keenan's averaging 16 points, I think, 16-17 points. Yeah. And that's a lot. Like, that is a lot. And, like, to guys that I've heard from other clubs that, oh, the biggest issue was he didn't want to doubt because he wanted 20 points. Like, you ain't going to get 20 points here. I have a theory even, of like, even Luca was when he was here playing, for example, okay, he was younger and all this. 17, but, 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, but he wasn't getting those points because coverages are different, spacing, three-second rule is very important in the NBA. That opens up a lot of mm -hmm. drives, for example, Definitely. for you, you know. So understanding that getting 15, 16 points – being efficient in those six, seven shots is way more than, with all due respect, I'm, a guy like, I'm not a big fan of him, but like Julius Randle as an example, he's playing better right now, but he has games that he goes six for 27 or 25 shots. And he's got, you look at it at the end of the day, he's like, okay, he's got 27 points. Mm. But dude, like, is that good? Right. Be efficient making 16 points. And then in Europe, less possessions, not a lot of 100, 100. 110 yeah. points. You, that's <laughs> and who gets so many shots in Europe? Not even James does. You know what I'm trying to say in, the, in that kind yeah. of sense. You know, so that's a good way of seeing it. And the sooner you realize that, like you have, it helps your game. So you have to adjust to the other math uh, psychologically. Yeah, you have to adjust that you aren't going to be a 25-plus point player. There's also a good way of thinking. It's like, is everyone going to change towards you because you came from here? Or is it better for you and quicker to adjust to us? Right. And then we adjust to your needs, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that kind of like helps your process, our process, and at the end of the day, what you said, it's team success at the end of the yeah. day. And don't you feel like uh, nowadays, players uh, coming uh, once again uh, from NBA to EuroLeague and back from EuroLeague to NBA, we see uh, players coming like Dante Exum is the, one of the latest That's examples. Uh, Vezinkov, uh, he made it with the Kings right now. So we see players moving back and like uh, players in states, they realize that EuroLeague, EuroLeague is a very strong competition, like the second strongest competition right now in the world. Adding to this, I ask you, when you came here, you, you asked around probably about EuroLeague. How was the, I'm guessing you asked some players, you asked coaches, I don't know how that was. Mm -hmm. What was the questions or what was the, the your idea of coming here asking people about the EuroLeague in general? Because yeah. if I'm not wrong, it's your first time in Europe in general. Yeah, like Europe in general. Um, one, I was one of the, as soon as I just kind of brought up that 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 to people like EuroLeague, like, like the feedback was like amazing. Like everyone, everything was positive. Uh, and so many people was kind of like excited, like, for me to try this opportunity. Um, the questions really was like, cause you hear some of the stories about how like it is overseas, like the horror stories, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like, again, yeah. it was I'm dark American and cold. So like, yeah. it's, like, I haven't been, like, it's different. Like you in the sense, the NBA, they, they baby you. Uh, yeah. So it was, I think wrong, but I grew up in Detroit, like coaches I had then, so I, I could handle certain answers. But like, again, I want to know about some of these horror stories, even just from like the money issues, like yeah. stuff, not getting money, like, that was my first question, like more than anything. But <laughs> me hearing about like Euroleague, it's, it's like a, again, a little bit below the NBA, like about it's professionalism. Like, is you have no issues with any of that, um, and even from like the travel and the stay and stuff. Like, yeah, you you might stay at these great hotels all the time, but again, we don't stay at no two star hotels, three star hotels like the G League. I played in G League, like some hotels, like we on spring beds. Like you wake up, your back is hurting. Like. 
So like and even it's squeaking that, like the whole time. Yeah, so that was kind of really the only thing. And basketball wise, like I already knew about like the level of competition over here. Like you said, you got the Mike James and stuff that you see. Uh, I haven't like I wasn't watching games. One of my uh, closest friends, you know, he always stayed in tune with that. He'd been playing over here overseas, not Euro League, but like. He watched all the EuroLeague games, so like immediately, that's who the person I really just was mm-hmm. having a conversation with. And he was just like, "Bro, take that experience." For me, the hardest thing literally was like the quick notice, cause like I'm I'm sitting there and it's like, okay, I'm not thinking about overseas yet, uh, but I got like shifted in the back of my mind, like, all right, I'm not about to be sitting on the couch. That's just not who I am. Yeah. I'm not gonna let my ego about having to be in the NBA. Like, I love to play basketball more than me just, oh, I want to be in the NBA, NBA. And, again, like, my dad, he's, like, my partner in crime when it comes to basketball. Yeah. And, like, that's who my advice who got me all the way to college. Like, now, like, I'm a grown man, so I make my own decisions. But, like, again, it was like, dad, what should I do? Like, and for me, I know, like, how much he loved me being in the NBA. And for him, without hesitation, no question, go over there and hoop. Like, you love to play basketball. Yeah. There's no question about that. And it was just nothing like so me it was like okay time to pack up in two days it was just like so much and then it was like oh i gotta get my baby passport so having them having to wait like just the quick process was literally the only thing that almost had me like man like i just feel so rushed like i haven't had a chance to sit down and even digest like all right i gotta go overseas i gotta play this style of ball like i didn't get a chance to really grasp it until like a week over here like to realize like oh man i'm really over here like <laughs> I'm not playing the NBA. So, like, that type of adjustment. But, like, everything goes. Like, this experience over here has been so cool. Like, top to bottom, like, the good and the bad. Like, nothing's ever going to be perfect. But, like, my family, my wife, like, she, she's even enjoying it. Like, it hasn't been, like, the great experience because it's gloomy right now yeah, and it's snowing. Yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> it's still, like, the overall everything else, though, has been, like, really good. And, again, like, it's still a great opportunity yeah. for, for me to even get an opportunity to play in a tier below in the greatest league over in Europe. Yeah. And it's like an opportunity, like, I mean, that was, that's great. And that was something I didn't want to take for granted and feel like I'm too good. So I hear a lot of guys say, like, you're too good. Like, how are you too good to go play high-level basketball? Like, that never makes any sense. Like, yeah, I'm having to go across the world. And it's tough because I'm a family guy. Like, yeah. not seeing my mom. My mom not able to see my baby right now. My, you know, my dad and I come to my game. Like, they come to, like, almost over 50% of my games when they can. Uh, when I was in Indy, they driving every home game. Cincinnati, they was at every game for Xavier. Heist, like they don't, they don't really miss any games unless it's on far road trips. So that's that's the biggest thing. But are they gonna come visit you in Lithuania? My mom don't like flights, so okay. she won't be taking the flight. I would. My dad may or may not come. I think my sister might try to come out here. In a but couple of what? Let's say three weeks, three weeks a month. The weather's gonna get better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sun's gonna maybe come out a little. It's 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 not like you came at the worst timing. <laughs> So it's dark. That's it's the snowing. worst. You weren't here for preseason. Preseason still, it was warm this this yeah. really? summer. Okay, and it was like it's green. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know? but this is that's what, unfortunately what, it's the truth. Weather wise, it's like what scripted that you come to the worst possible yeah. scenario. That's, it's not even the weather because again, I'm a Michigan, so like I'm not outside walking. Like that's just not me. I'm not. I don't do all the yeah. cold, but like. I'm okay right. with the, it's the gray, right, like you wake gray. up and it's like an hour, maybe a sun, yeah. and then it's just gray for the rest of the right. day. So like you just sitting, you're like, I look at my phone, it's three o'clock. I'm like, <laughs> man, it feels like I'm supposed to be getting ready for bed. So like, that's really only been the hardest part. So I definitely feel like once the sun yeah. comes back out and stuff like that, it's only gonna be better. We have this article in December that we had only of nine eight hours, nine, nine, nine hours, hours of sunny, sunny, sun all shining. December. Yeah, all December, of all of December. Oh, 
Nah, oh, now it's total? Total. Yeah, not See, in the I day. See, I knew I wasn't saying, I knew I wasn't crazy, man. I knew it. Uh, Edmund, uh, going uh, to our second part of, uh, of the conversation, what was your frustration moment, first frustration moment during the game here in Europe when you thought about, damn, what the hell is that shit? Oh, I got one. I probably know one. All right, all right. Uh, was it a call? Was it uh, something that you encountered on the court? Oh, like... Something with like in the game. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. During first. the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I don't, I don't know. That's a lot of stuff that's been frustrating. <laughs> I got two actually. I got two for her. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, which one? You I got the, uh, the frustration moment for you was probably when I, the other day, I'm like, you gotta take a foul. Oh yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, we got fouls to give. It's a mismatch. No, it's not. I'm like, it's a mismatch. No, it's not. He didn't score on me. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, he'll score on you. He ain't gonna score on me. I'm like, okay, fine. Don't do the foul. But dude came back in. First thing he did, took a foul. So respect for that. And then the second one, maybe I don't know. This is I heard it on the bench. It's just a suggestion, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but it was against Asvel in, in in France when we were playing, and uh, you got a you came in the third quarter, I think it was, okay. and you got a foul. A Paris Lee got a foul on you or something. Uh -huh. And you're telling the refs, oh, this is not a foul, and this is not a foul. And Paris Lee walks by you, he's like, this ain't the NBA, bro, this is Europe, I don't know what. And I see me looking at him like, what? <laughs> so that was, that was, I probably wasn't a frustration moment, but I remember yeah. hearing that, I remember seeing your face, you're like, damn. <laughs> yeah, that that was right, the take foul, the following. Yeah. It's definitely, it's just so different that I'm not used to just It's a, wait, a completely following. new thing, yeah. Like, and then especially like when I felt like he said, like, oh, he didn't score on me. But then again, when you kind of rewind, you look over the the whole pick, the big picture of the thing yeah. where he's trying to explain is like, but this is the way we do it over here. And yes, he may not have scored on you yeah. this possession, and maybe somebody else though who can score more efficiently, and they get a, a bucket where where I could have prevented by just taking a foul. And my sense is like, okay, my mind, I've been getting, I've been jinxed by these fouls, you know. <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, man, I gotta take this foul. Then all of a sudden, what if I'm running down? I cut somebody, mm -hmm. throw a pass. Like one time, I was just going past somebody. He decided to throw the pass as I'm going, but I hit his arm because I'm running past. Yeah, it's a silly foul, right? But it's like, boom. If I just took a foul, now I got two. Now I gotta sit on the bench for the rest yeah. of the half. But so that's like my American in me, like not understanding that part of it. Yeah. Uh, But so to stop you there, like Europeans, everybody, it's always the same conversations. Like if I take a smart foul and then I get a stupid foul, I got to go to the bench. But the fact is, if you don't take the, the good foul, you're still going to go to the bench, you know? So at the end of the day, it happens. But it's the same common denominator. Everybody says the same thing, you know, in those yeah. situations. Yeah, man. And then some of the fouls, like, you know, some of them I feel like I'm foul. I'm starting to understand, okay, what is an actual foul over here? Call's not always the same. Yeah. No. Um, like in the NBA also. Yeah. Different you know refs, different, and guys, different rules. And guys, you know what I'm yeah. saying, they, they flop a little bit over here. The guards, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. A lot. And they get they get some calls. I'm a new guy. So that's another thing. I feel like once you like feel like you start over, like you got to literally um, re-earn your respect yeah. for everything. Like if that's them learning how you play defense. Yeah. Okay, he's an aggressive driver, this and that. So it's like. Again, like you got to earn your respect for everything. And one, I didn't, again, I came over here already, like removing my ego. Like, so it's not like, oh, I'm this NBA guy. Like, man, I really don't care. Like, Clean it was a blessing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's, it is what it is, but it's a whole different thing. Um, even people over there, they expect, like, thinking, like, oh, yeah, go over there, man, go average 30. I'm like, bro, don't nobody average 30 over here. Like, <laughs> and what do you think? They're like, I'm, I'm getting thrown into a team in the middle of a season. Which is tough. Like, 
they already have we already have their like Keenan is is our best player right now. So like I don't need to come over, oh I'm in the NBA. This is gonna be my team. Like that was never what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm following, like he's gonna lead, like, okay, whatever I need to do for this team to help. So like I feel like maybe some guys you had an ego was like, well, I've been in the NBA, so this should be my team. Like I just take all the shots. Like, no, he got he's been having it going. Like, why not keep feeding off that energy? Like he's playing extremely well. Yeah. Like that is just straight up selfish as a human, like, to come over there with that. And like Keenan's a great dude. He don't even carry himself that way. When this game's where I'm feeling it, he's telling me it takes like he's finding me. So like someone like that who doesn't even have an ego, who's playing extremely well, it's easy to fall back. Like, you got like this is your team, bro. Like I'ma follow in your direction. So whatever it is, and I ain't need no coach to tell me that or anything like that. Like that's just who I've always been. Like I've always played with other good players, so I have no issue. Like his just cause he's shining don't mean I can't shine. And one once we start really winning, we're all going to look good anyways. Yeah. So that's always a key. Who like losers? Like, like yeah. so if you score a 20, you losing. I'm like, okay, you losing, bro. Like, So that's always my mindset. I feel like that's how I got to the NBA. As Xavier, nobody expected us to win. We're a top five team in the country. Who's who's playing while this team is top five? So you look at the roster and you see that. Like, I honest to God, I feel like that's how I got to the NBA. Like, understanding winning is the key to everyone's success. And, again, I wasn't our leading scorer. Trayvon Blue was our leading scorer. Like, Trey, just your team, you average 18. Like, yes, I'm a fair on mine. I'm going to get it going. I'm, when it's my games, I'm going to have my games. So, like, that's kind of been my same approach over here. Like, yes, I'm still trying to find my rhythm with everything, the flow, and I have to get better at things and continue, again, to let my pride go. Because it's time I'm human, too. It's time to let my pride get to me sometimes. But it's an adjustment within that. Uh, and, again, this experience has been, been good to me. And I honestly feel like this is going to help me for whatever direction it is. If I get back in the NBA, I get back in the NBA. If I don't, I mean, you're, like, it is what it is. And I'm going to just – I've been just kind of riding this wave and just trying to just focus on this year. How can I get better this year for Zagreus, for this team, and help us win games? Whatever that is, it is what it is. Man, those were some of the words. So, so nice to hear. So nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to the final part of the questionnaire. Uh, you played in the basketball city in Indiana, Indianapolis. You played now for the other basketball city, Konas. Uh, can you compare some somehow, like the atmosphere-wise, the fan base-wise? Do you do you see like crazy fans here? You can compare those with the Indianapolis fans. Uh, one, no, the fans are here. Are like extremely they, they're extremely crazy here like I get so much love here first like every game is sold out and Indy you know we had like a little couple rocky years where people you know are mad you losing some games but I would say like that first year when Domas and everyone came went to the playoffs that whole year was like the greatest experience that's when you guys lost in the game seven to Cleveland, to Cleveland where it was, gold it was a block it was a block I mean yeah it was a gold ten. sorry yeah, I, I LeBron, 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 no, you look at the video he literally yeah, 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 but yeah. they gave him the benefit of the yeah, doubt because yeah. he's LeBron yeah, yeah, yeah. but again it's not even me being biased yeah, we still no, 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 hands, yeah, bro. Like, I'm not lying like like that year was amazing like seeing that playoff experience just from top to bottom seeing like okay in a sense underdogs because you got a group yeah, of guys you said People didn't believe in Domas. People didn't – they gave – Vic is a number two pick. He got traded three times within yeah. four years. That doesn't happen. Yeah. So, you got all these people giving them – it's like, oh, it's Indiana. Ah, they're going to be bottom team. For us, we finished, I think, top six or top five. Yeah, you're fifth, I think. Yeah, right? I think five. Fifth. Yeah, and then take Cleveland in game seven again against LeBron, who he had like four amazing performances that literally won the game. A buzzer beater, a couple 40 – It's like, LeBron, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then again, 
if you take LeBron out of the picture, anybody else, they call goal 10 and you review it. Because it's the last second shot. Yeah. So even if it's not a goal 10, they, you know, they get the ball. Yeah. But, again, you give him the benefit of the doubt because who he was. Uh, so I feel like both of those states have been really good. Even the Indy, like, because I, I live in Indy past, like, even though I got off the Pacers, I go to the store and stuff like that. Fans still come up to me, show me so much love. Uh, if that people write me when things maybe didn't go well for me. Uh, fans have been amazing. Here, like, everywhere I go, people, you know, ask and take pictures, stuff like that. Uh, the words have been nice. I just love the atmosphere. Like, we lost, what, four or five EuroLeague games in a row, and we still were selling out. And then the fans come and rally and tell us that they're still behind us. Like, that, that to me, that's cool. Like, that shows nothing but love. It's like, it's easy for them to be like, all right, y'all not winning. Like, we not, I'm not about to come keep spending my hard-earned money to watch you guys not play well. And we're losing dumb ways, too. Like, I, I can understand their frustration with that. But the love and support to continue to come and do that. Like, that shows how much they love ball and care about this team and city. And I feel like that kind of – that makes you want to play well. Yeah. Although, as a, like, human, like, we're a team, like, I want to win every game, like, no matter what. But to have the fans behind you and stuff like that and always having their support and now, oh, we dropped one now. We're about to have 50% people here. Like, just knowing that, that's been that's been amazing here. I think the main message for the fans is that you have to fight every game. Yeah. Even though you lose, even though you have a sucky game, shitty game, if you fight till the end, fans will love that. Even though you have, like you mentioned, five losses in a row. It's, it's it's the motto of the team. You have to fight. If if the fans don't see the spirit, they're gonna see it for the they're gonna see it first. Mm -hmm. First, yeah. People understand basketball here, you know, more or less. Maybe not all X's and O's, but there's a different perception of basketball here. So, you know, even again, switching and stuff like this. There's normal people that understand that where the ball has to go mm -hmm. to, you know. And it's like you got to do this, you got to do that. And what he says, if you try. They ain't gonna kill you for it. They're mm -hmm. gonna hate for a moment, you know. But, but I want to ask you, what about the loudness of the arena here and the loudness in the arenas in the NBA? Yeah, because uh, we're going to the arena now. Yeah. To, we're going to Serbia. Ours is loud, like that. but that, yeah. that that's loud too. I don't think no NBA arena is gonna be like that because most of them are like filled with people that just want to watch the game. Yeah. But one again, we go back to that playoff series. That's the loudest I probably ever heard. Okay. In the arenas, because consistent, like they all intuit it. These games mean everything, so it get pretty loud. Um, a couple times in Brooklyn, the arena got really loud. Uh, but it's a lot of games where it's just like some runs, you get out, but it's like it's cool. It might be a lot of people in there. Game selling out, especially if you're playing with some superstars, every game is selling yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, but here, like all the fans are cheering, like. The whole game, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so that's But different. This also comes to the fact that, let's say, for example, in the NBA, there's 82 games. There's a lot of games that just fill up, fill, yeah. fill games. Like you know, and here, it's every game matters. Every big game. It's our. It's the Euroleague slogan. It, you you can feel it by, yeah. by by now. And you only got eight spots in the playoffs. Okay, you got to play in this year. It's the first thing that you got to tenth. Mm -hmm. Being realistic, 17 wins gets you to the to the play-in. Last year was 17. It was tenth place. So. You can't afford not to, mm -hmm. to to support your team. So if you think about it, you get 17 home games, 17 makes you the plan. So fans want you to win those games to have the chance. Okay, you win five, six away games, mm -hmm. you win 16 home games, you're at 23, yeah. you're a playoff team. You know, So yeah. people here understand this, and this is why you got to bring it every fucking time. No, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, too, when you definitely put it that way. Because, like you said, having that those type of crowds, like, You have to use that to your advantage. Like, 
some players love to play in the moments, but again, like having the point where like when you can't hear your teammates sometimes because it's so loud, like that messes with people's head. Like, so again, like we have to use that to our advantage. And again, this is my first time going down to Serbia, which I've heard is crazy. crazy. Like, yeah. so then again, so I'm going to experience that uh, atmosphere and stuff like that. But I mean, I've, I've been loving these arenas, uh, just fans being into it. And I love the fact, like you said, like they understand basketball, though. Yeah. It's certain fans that's just like sometimes that just don't understand things. Yeah, of course. And like it's it's okay to be mad when your team's not performing well in certain aspects, but like just some of the things that just doesn't make sense basketball wise, and you're just mad about something that's like, bro, you really don't understand what's going on right now. And yeah. I don't know if you're just you're just literally just watching the watch, so you don't really understand any scheme and stuff like that. Even sometimes, like you said, like they understand like when the teams are switching or what coverage sometimes we may be yeah. in switching, but it, and it's more so I'm talking about the states like they don't understand certain stuff. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't understand if we supposed to be switching one through five and boom, two players come together, somebody slipped and get open lip. They don't understand like we were switching that somebody else fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they wouldn't yeah, understand yeah. that. Like they scream something else stupid at you or just it'd be a lot of unrealistic stuff over there yeah, in the yeah, NBA yeah. and. But that comes with the territory. Um, sure. Like, I I never let that too much that stuff get to me. Like, I got a model for myself, especially, like, with social media. Like, until the day I respond to everything somebody said positive to me, I won't ever engage another negative. I don't care what you say. Like, I will never respond to you. Whenever will There's too many people in this world that have said something nice to me that I haven't got back to. Yeah. So just because you got under my skin. Like, don't wrong. We are human. Somebody may say something. You're like, man. <laughs> but, again, I'm not about to give you – the response that you want because that's all you want like yeah. most or of the time they just the want the response that, that's the what's it called um uh, oh, i forgot the word that is uh, the ecstasy of getting him to dopamine. say yeah. dopamine that's it the dopamine is like oh, i got him to say something because most when you see it they, they respond back oh bro i just wanted you to respond or something like a lot of those guys and again i get, I get on the small scale yeah. so i you got from the domas to the kevin like all these guys are just being trolls to you all the time like so I commend these guys with, like, some respect to even just have, like, and it's, I don't know if to call it tough skin, bro, because it's just annoying sometimes. It'd be like, bro, I just had 20 and 12. You mad I didn't get 15 rebounds? Yeah. Like, like yeah, the guys, the, on, like, yeah. team one, who cares? Somebody literally, I remember, like, not my last year, but the year I was with the Pacers, and I had a really good game. I had, like, back-to-back 20-point games, but, like, I didn't make it three that game. He said, dang, bro, you going to score 20-something, but you can't make it three? Bro, we got to win. Yeah, I missed yeah. like three shots. I'm like, like what, what are we really talking but, about but right now? But you have to realize it's only like 1% of the fans who, that, yeah. who go directly to yeah. DMs and they write something. And that's to, why I don't like yeah. – because that's, that's – I feel like it's a disgrace to people that's, that that's support you no matter what. Yeah. People that's showing you love yeah. on the picture that's literally – that's not getting a response. So, yeah, sometimes I try to go out my way to at least respond to someone or just, you know, tell them I appreciate it. Like, I see it. I love it. Like – is love because sometimes everybody human like it's not I need a little pick me up like that's just that's just a human nature sometimes and it don't go unnoticed so again all the negative stuff like yeah it comes with it like you play bad you know you play bad like okay I don't need to respond to you yeah I play bad whatever like it is what it is I bet you there's another fan over there that's telling you yeah okay you might not have played well but I know I know you st- you're good like it's fans that games where I didn't have to play well here they Come on, eh? We believe in you, bro. Like we know you're gonna do better. So like, just stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you can be honest with me. Like that's not, that's never been the case with me. But like, 
it's a way to address it too at the same time. One, I don't know you personally anyway, so yeah. there's a certain way that you should address it. But I've been, that's why I said the fans here have been amazing and I really haven't had too many bad encounters. The best part is when the fan writes something like hateful and then after a good game, on the same chat, he writes something good like, oh man, come on, that's a good game. Oh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, we didn't uh, touch all the topics we wanted to touch with you, Edmund, so maybe it's for the another show in the future, I but know, it's been great to have you here. We're gonna have to charge y'all now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, man. No, I appreciate thank you guys. You.